Hello and welcome to I Heard It On A Podcast, our little corner of the wild, wild west. My name is Isaiah and there's a dog buried here. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> My name is Riley. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? A Swedish saying. Okay. And it just means there's something fishy going on here because apparently there's nothing fishier than a dead dog. Wow, I feel like we should end the episode right there. There's See nothing fishier than a dead dog. <laughs> oh, I'm liking this list. Okay, in tradition, I'm going to try to say it. So here we sure. go. That Liger and Hund begraven. That was, I feel like I that, I could say that that was like a, some sort of Europe, like yeah. Northern European language. Thank you. And it makes sense. Well, part of it makes sense. Hund is dog. And begraven is buried. Or like grave, yeah. Or grave, yeah. So I don't get the det liger in. I guess that's, there's a. Yeah, all those short words yeah. sometimes just are weird but we're in different there. languages. Maybe by the time I'm done with Swedish sayings, I'll know how to speak S- Swedish. Maybe. <laughs> you could argue that, I don't know if this is true at all, but... It's potentially true that Swedish is more close to English than like French is. Because yeah, it's Germanic. It's Germanic and English is Germanic yeah. to an extent. English is, if I remember correctly, kind of a mix of Germanic and Romantic languages. Yeah. But French and Spanish and Italian are right. all very much Romantic. So like hound, yeah. we have hound. Hound, yeah. But... The French word for dog is chien. Right. And nothing, no no word for dog sounds anything like no. chien. Maybe like chien <laughs> <laughs> Which is also not an English word. No. <laughs> so, I don't know. So maybe it'll doomed. be, maybe it would be easier to learn yeah. Swedish than, I don't know, whatever. I think you get thrown off though with their alphabet because yeah. there's a lot of weird little blobs that I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like you could learn a couple of new characters, though. Yeah, maybe. I'm excited. There's a lot of good sayings, so I'm good. excited to come back Bookmark that this. Yep. page. Of course. Um, it's actually a Swedish website, so there you go. Oh, cool. Thelocal.se. Cool. Okay, moving on. It's Topic Thunder. Topic Thunder! Ooh, auto-tune that boy. Um, in a good way. You could be T-Pain. I'm not saying you're out of pitch. Just saying you could be T-Pain. I could T-Pain. be T-Pain. Anyway. Um, I have a conundrum and I need your help with it. Okay. So what else are friends for? Yeah. Eating food and helping with conundrums. That's a pretty good summary. Friendship. Yeah. Um, so my conundrum is every morning my alarm goes off. That's good. Yes. The bad thing is then I turn my alarm off and go back to sleep. Oh. And it's gotten to the point where I've tried for a long time to like get a decent like wake up routine going and not snooze my alarm, not turn my alarm off, just get up, get about my day. But I just kind of have this habit of pushing my sleep to the last minute, like the ultimate last minute or even past the last minute. And then like rushing my butt to get ready and get out the door. And I'm kind of perpetually five minutes late to everything in the morning because Mm -hmm. I just can't get out the door because I sleep too long. So... And I assume you don't like that. I really hate the feeling of being rushed right. in the morning. Yeah. And it's not like the rush I don't mind because I love like just doing things quick and efficient. It's just the being late that I hate. Yeah. And 
no matter how much I like hate myself while I'm driving five minutes late places, it still doesn't motivate me enough to like figure out how to get out of bed. So I'm coming to you for help. Let me tell you what I've tried and you can kind of formulate some strategies around okay. this. So one of my original issues was I would wake up and then I would get on my phone and I would check Instagram or scroll through like Reddit or whatever. And so I've instituted some... Would you stay awake while doing that? Yeah. Okay. Usually, yeah, usually I would do it to wake myself up because otherwise I'd fall back asleep. So I'd get on Instagram, but then I'd just end up like spending 15 minutes in bed mm -hmm. and then I'd be late. So I deleted Reddit off my phone, Ooh, which we're going to talk about Whoa. later. Um, and I also like went into Instagram and basically like muted almost everyone that I follow except for like my actual friends. So I muted all the like celebrity accounts and all of the brands and all of the like people who I'm not really in contact with anymore, like muted all, but like maybe 20 people. And so that makes it so that when I do check Instagram, it's way faster. I spend maybe like five minutes at most before I've gone through everything that's allowed to me. Um, so that seems okay. But then I've noticed I'll just like check work emails now or like check my personal email or like, go on the internet and just look you at still things. find yeah stuff. like i still entertain myself in that way um and it's not even because i'm interested in what i'm looking at i just am kind of prolonging my time in the warm comfy bed yeah um the other thing i've tried that is more intense is i've tried to like program this routine on my smart home so i've set up like all of my devices to kind of try to push me out of bed and so like 10 minutes before my alarm goes off alexa says like hey the time is now whatever and you can oh alexa's going off right now um the uh, the time is whatever and like here's what the temperature is right now and i'm gonna play some music and then she'll start to play some like relaxing music that slowly ramps up over 10 minutes while my lights come on over 10 minutes and then after 10 minutes alexa says hey now it's this time. It's time for you to get up. Here's what's next on your calendar. Wow. And then she starts playing loud, upbeat music. And I thought this was going to work. I was like convinced because it's this huge program that like ramps me into it. Did you I, create this? Yeah, I built it all myself. And then I tried it out and Alexa said, the time is 7.20 and the music started. And I was just like immediately like, Alexa, stop and just turned it off before I even thought about it. Hmm. So I'm kind of stumped here and I need your help to wake me up in the morning Okay, well, let me tell you what I have done in the past okay. because I tried out most of these things in college because, you know, I had a roommate sure. every every year in college. Yeah. And even my junior and senior year when I had a, my own apartment, I still shared a room with right. someone. So I am maybe too conscientious for my own good. So one of my primary um, goals for waking up was for my alarm to not go off longer than it needed mm, to yeah but i am similar to you where i need a couple of minutes between my alarm going off and me like actually starting the day mm -hmm. so if i don't do anything in that time or have any sort of stimulation stimulus yeah during that time i'll fall back asleep right so in college my freshman year i put my phone on the other side of the room mm. And so when the alarm went off, I knew that my roommate was mad that my alarm was going off because right. I had a class before him. So I jumped out of bed and ran over to my phone uh -huh. and turned it off and then basically just like sat down in the chair that was right next to my phone okay. and just kind of like sat there 
and like woke up. Okay. Sometimes I would even just like put my head on the desk, mm. but I didn't get back in bed. Right. Even that's you gotta, dangerous. You got to, yes, but I don't know. That it was not, it was just like a wooden yeah. desk. I agree though that the getting out of bed is like the big hurdle. Yeah. And I mean, the, the crux of all of these things is to just have you you got to have discipline. some discipline. You you can't rely That's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I mean you you could like I don't know create some robot that like ejects spikes up from the bottom of your bed mm-hmm. and like literally forces you to get out mm-hmm. of bed, but that's that's too extreme. You need to some extent to just have some discipline because yeah. for you like you now have a child who will yep. depend on you to have discipline for them. Right. Like you are, you are even a step ahead of my right. level of discipline that I require for my life. Right. So not to like, uh, not to give you crap or anything, <laughs> but I think you do need a little bit of discipline right. in this in, for this to work. Right. Long in the long term. Right. Um. That said. I've also, for for the rest of college, what I did was I would keep my phone by my bed mm-hmm. and then turn the alarm off and immediately start playing music, loud music, right when I wake up. Right. None of that softly fading right. in because you just fall asleep. Right. And I can sleep through Screamo. Like, right. that, that's no problem for me. <laughs> yeah. So right when I wake up, loud music, turned up loud. Right. And that is what I still do to this day. Okay. Is I'll turn on music. Sometimes I'll even like choose what I'm going to listen to the night before. Yeah. So I don't spend two minutes very sleepily trying to pick music on right. Spotify. Yeah. And I just play it and that, that wakes me up over okay. the course of like four minutes. Sure. Okay. I don't know if that'll work yeah. for you, but I need some, something to like bring me yeah. back to reality. Okay. Right. Like the actual literal moment that I wake up. Yeah. And it's difficult for me too, because like I, I'm sharing the room with Emily. Mm-hmm. And so if she is off, I don't want to wake her. Usually she's up before me because she goes to work earlier than I do. But if it's her day off and I'm working, I need to make sure I'm not like disturbing her too much. Right. I put headphones in in right. college. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also, same kind of thing is I can't wake Cohen up if he's not up already because then we'll have mm-hmm. to like deal with him waking up. Right. So, because my original plan was just basically to put my phone in the bathroom plugged in with a really loud alarm and then set the lights to just like constantly flash until <laughs> I get up and grab my phone and turn them off like make it so I can't control it with my voice have to get up and get my phone to turn it uh-huh. off but that's kind of disruptive to like the room um, yeah that would only work if you had a really exact schedule and right. you knew every day that you were yeah. going to be alone at 7 30 or whatever totally. yeah um, some of my other ideas were I saw this YouTube video where I think it was Colin Furs built this bed when the alarm went off. It like was on a bunch of like hydraulic pistons so that it like violently shook like all <laughs> over the place and like shook you out of the bed. I think uh, that would work. Um, that's, that's where I'm talking that you that he did that for clicks. Obviously, yeah. no reasonable person should have to go to that extreme. No, that's where you just need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and right. have more like gumption right then yeah building a hydraulic right. bed i also saw this one where 
the dude rigged his alarm clock to mace him in the face when it went off. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I think it was on TikTok. And so, like, the alarm goes off and it just, like, sprays mace right into his face. That seems effective. That would work for yeah. sure. Um, I also saw there's that little, like, robot alarm clock that shoots, like, a little helicopter off of it. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a chime on it and yeah, blows and flies I've seen across that. the room. That could be interesting. There are definitely things to yeah. do. My brother has had a hard time waking up in the past, like when he was in high school, and my mom bought him like an extra large, uh, extra loud alarm uh-huh. that was like deafening. Right. And at and when we were in high school, we got up for like a really early class yeah. that started before high school, so it yeah. was like at six a.m. every totally. morning. Yeah. And thankfully, we both went to this class. Right. But. Oh man, I could hear it like through the walls. It's like, oh man, turn that off. I don't know. He still slept through it for like oh three minutes before he turned it's it off. Intense. So those, yeah, there's yeah. definitely also gimmicks out yeah. there that exist. Yeah. Is waking up the hard part, or is it getting out of bed? Hmm. I think it's it's some of both. Because like you're a heavy sleeper. I'm a very heavy sleeper. Okay. Like a lot of times, Emily might have like fed Cohen at. 6 30 and puts him like in between us in bed and then he'll get hungry again at eight like on my days off and he'll just like scream and i won't wake up because he's like right next to me screaming in my ear and i don't wake up so i think that's part of the reason but i'm usually pretty decent like with alarm noises because you know how sometimes like when someone in a tv show has your alarm as their ringtone it kind of fills you with dread like you feel dread in the pit of your stomach yeah so i've gotten really good at like that noise those noises waking me up like i feel dread and i just awaken yeah i know Uh, that so and then at that point the issue is either like staying awake or getting out of bed so i think it's kind of a mix of all three of the the difficulties which i think is part of the reason why it's so hard um i had also looked into like going even farther and automating things like they like having a coffee maker turn on and make a pot of coffee or like having the shower Mm -hmm. turn on when my alarm goes off and I like don't want to waste water. So I need to get up and shower or, you know, lots of gimmicky things like that. But I basically need to figure out a way. And there was an app that I used for a while that maybe I need to kind of look into. But the issue with all of the smart home stuff is it's really convenient to set up and I can have it do tons of stuff, but it's also really convenient, easy to just turn it off. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I needed to come on and then be very difficult to turn off. And there was an app. You might have used it with me for a while. Uh, I think it's called Alarmy. And it makes you do these complex tasks in order to turn off your alarm. Like one of the tasks is you have to solve math problems. And you have to solve like 12 math problems before it'll turn off. And you can choose the difficulty. Like some people can only do 2 plus 2 when they wake up. And for me, I was getting to the point where I was too good at like easy math problems while I was basically sleeping still hmm. and so i would literally just like punch in all of the answers and barely wake up and fall asleep again so i eventually had it set up to where i was doing like square roots and like exponents and like all you of can this do those things stuff. in your head no that's the the problem was i was like doing it in my head and i needed to like get up and like think about it or write it down or like get the calculator or whatever mm. and kind of get myself going um but then it got to the point where i would get stuck on some problems and my alarm would just run for like 30 minutes because I couldn't like figure out what the heck was going on. Um, so I stopped doing the math problems and I switched to uh, like a photo recognition. And so what it does is you take a picture of something and then it uses AI to kind of recognize when you're 
taking a picture of it again and so every morning you have to go and take a picture of whatever the thing you took a picture of so they recommend like your fridge like take a picture of your fridge and then every morning you have to get up and walk to the kitchen and take a picture of the fridge Hmm. and then at that point the idea is you have enough discipline to not go get back in bed um yeah but the issue that i was having then was i just would like wake up can you upload a picture that you've taken before no it only opens your camera so -hmm. that's good but the issue then was like I just started shoving my phone under my pillow so I couldn't hear it anymore and going back to sleep. So I was just like fully defeating myself. So I think at the end of the day, like my big issue is having my phone near my bed because mm-hmm. I can interact with it to shut off alarms and then I can distract myself with it when I am awake. So maybe in addition to all of the things we've talked about, the easiest thing to do would just be to like put my phone in the bathroom charging so I have to get up and go get it. I mean, have you talked to Emily about this? Is she on board with you being better about waking up, even if that might mean more inconvenience to her well, and or Cohen? We already talked about like, I mean, we were, she was there when I was programming the whole shebang. Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, I wish I could have my own shebang because we only have one echo in our room uh-huh. and it's on my side. And she always gets up earlier except for like one day of the week. And I was like, I don't want the echo right next to my head going off at 6 a.m. when you get up. <laughs> but she already like kind of sleeps through that thing or like wakes up but doesn't care so we're okay with the measures it takes but she definitely hates especially when we're together and i make us late like she's not a fan of that because she's an enneagram one and so she's like she wants to be on time and like fair and all that stuff which i get so i want to be better in that regard but so i think that's that'll be my plan so maybe i'll try that i have to get up really early tomorrow because mm-hmm. i have to be at work at 6 a.m so i typically get up at 4 30 or 4 45 um and that that's the hardest one of the week so i'll try some of these techniques we've talked about tonight and then i'll update us next week well i know that you are not in control of this and i don't think that this would be good but i think the most effective technique would be if you just got fired if you were late to work yeah that would (laughs) would be a pretty good way for you to get up to work either up from sleeping yeah either it would be great or i would just get really sad and sleep all the time because I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is like you have some have the flexibility yeah, very flexible. of like when you sh- right. go to work, right. which is why you don't feel as much pressure. Right. Like I really only have to be at work at a specific time two days a week. So sure. I also am like, oh, I'll set my alarm t- yeah. t- 20 minutes later right. tomorrow. Um, but if if I like had to be at work by yeah. 9 a.m. and didn't know what traffic was going to be like and yeah. had to make my own lunch and whatever. Right. I think I would be even more specific about my alarm. Yeah, and that's most of the days I'm very flexible, which is probably part of the cause. I think I need to just kind of set a deadline that I need to be at work every day and kind of make a routine. Because the issue I have now is some days I, I'm like, well, I, I don't have any meetings and I'm not like doing anything at a specific time, I'm going to go in an hour late and maybe work an hour late or I'm not going to take a lunch or like I'll flex my schedule a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's difficult then when I have hard like times to meet because I'm so used to that. So I think routine is kind of key in a lot of this because I think you get used to it. I think it's hard when you're first starting to like kind of solidify something. Yeah. But I do think you get used to it. So I think building the routine and then just having a lot of like discipline to bust through the routine and like help yourself as much as you can with the gimmicks is going to be key so we'll see 
starting tomorrow, we'll try some stuff out. Okay. This will be it. What are you going to try first? Thing. So I will do my whole alarm programming smart home thing. I'll put my phone in the bathroom and then I need to figure out a way. I don't know if there's a way to like remote turn on your shower. I feel like an electric shower head seems not safe, but I'm going to look into that because I think if the shower turns on and like gets warm while I'm like getting you can, out of like, bed. You can like hear your yeah. like wasting water. Well, and the like, because the downside, so the way I wake up now is I'll get up, go to the bathroom, go brush my teeth and then turn the shower on. But then I have to sit there and especially now it's like really cold and so I'm like sitting there shivering waiting for the water to warm up. So if the water could start warming up while I'm like getting up and getting in there. And then I could just have a warm shower. Why don't you just turn the shower on and then brush your teeth? There's an idea. <laughs> I want to automate it, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, so I'll try those things tomorrow, and we'll see how it goes. Um, and tomorrow is one of the days that I do have like a hard time. I need to be there, so it should help Yeah, kick the button to gear a little bit. Cool. Well, that was helpful. We should start like an advice segment where you just give me life advice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, next up, um, we're going to skip me deleting Reddit because we've already talked about me enough. So we're going to move on to a, a question for you. Okay. It can be not hypothetical. You can answer and then we'll talk about it. Is a nuclear submarine the best off-grid house? Is it actually a option? Like, can you actually get a nuclear submarine for a personal use? Depends on who you are. Also, what is a nuclear submarine? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Um, a nuclear submarine... Sounds dangerous. <laughs> ...is a submarine that runs on nuclear power, um, mm. as opposed to... I don't even know what other kinds of submarines are. Diesel submarines are... Coal. Yeah, coal-powered <laughs> submarines. Wood-powered. Um, <laughs> they probably actually used to have like steam-powered submarines like yeah, back yeah. when they were first created or whatever. Yeah, probably. I mean, um, if you think about it, everything is steam powered, really. Yeah. Well, do nuclear because I mean, like yes, nuclear works by creating steam. Right. I everything mean, is steam powered. Solar isn't really steam powered. Solar solar panels don't heat something up. No. Don't well, heat up water to create steam to move an engine. No. How does that, that's a different thing? How solar power <laughs> works? It just they've got like, uh, uh, what's the word? Chemicals in them that are like photo sensitive and so they get excited when they have <laughs> yeah the sun <laughs> and then and they that like jostle around energy? and create energy yeah that's oversimplified but that's basically how it works there's components that get excited from the sun and create energy and become electricity yeah or like what else isn't steam powered um gas isn't steam powered like natural gas or gasoline but gasoline burns yes in like an internal combustion engine yes i guess there's not steam yeah. there yeah but you're right nuclear technically is steam powered if you <laughs> yeah think about it yeah um so typically conventional submarines are diesel electric which basically just means like combination electric motor and diesel motor but fancy submarines are nuclear and they're powered by a nuclear reactor um they're much more expensive to make, and so they're rare. They're also dangerous because 
you obviously have like a live nuclear reactor and you're in a little tube at little the bottom of the ocean it. um and there's also the worry of typically they're obviously not used for anything but war basically so there's a worry of like the capture of nuclear technology which i don't think is as big of a deal today because everyone has nuclear technology so right um but there's some big proponents of this type of submarine over a conventional submarine mostly in terms of like endurance so the nice thing about nuclear power is it kind of is very efficient and lasts for a long time and it's pretty clean yeah relative to other energy types right um so this is super helpful on a submarine because typically like a, with a diesel submarine so taking into account all of the tasks and all of the things you need to survive and like be a submarine the first thing they need to do and the first reason to have a submarine is to like move around right and so for a diesel submarine you have to have diesel fuel if you don't have diesel you can't move and so that's a consumable that you have to carry with you and if you run out then you're out and you can't do it mm -hmm. and part of the kind of ethos of a nuclear submarine and the design choices behind it are to not have like consumables um, or to make consumables self-sustaining. And so with a nuclear submarine, you've got nuclear fission happening and that just runs very efficiently on technically consumable, but like over years, like they have to replenish the nuclear right. fuel, like the nuclear reaction materials. Um, they i think generally are pretty safe so technically submariners on nuclear submarines have to wear like geiger counters and keep track of like radiation exposure but for the most part it's just typically zero like no radio radiation exposure at all because they're well contained um some other nice things about a nuclear submarine are they're typically equipped with uh oxygen makers and huh. this is really interesting. To like reuse the oxygen? Not even reuse, totally make oxygen. So the way it works, uh -huh. and I've been watching a lot of videos on nuclear submarines. And okay. technically, scientifically, like water is hydrogen and oxygen, right? That's what it's yep. comprised of. Um, and there's a process called electrolysis where if you put a anode, which is like part of a battery like you've got the positive and the negative of the battery so you've got the anode and the cathode and if you put them in water and run a current through them it'll break down the molecules of water and so the issue with this is when you just put like current through seawater which is what they've got access to because there's sodium in it it'll create hydrogen and then chlorine gas and so instead of ending up with oxygen you've got an explosive hydrogen and a poisonous chlorine gas. Ah, uh, it's not good. It's bad. So what they do is they run the seawater into the submarine and they do like reverse osmosis on it, which I don't It's what they do really with Fuji understand. water. It is. I don't really understand it. Maybe you have some more info, but I think they like run negatively charged ions through water and that attracts all of the mm, minerals and... Uh, like molecules they don't want pulls it all out and then they've got pure water at the end all i know is reverse osmosis water is like fully free of anything it's basically like it's just pure pure water um that's what fuji wants you to think yeah yeah right 
<laughs> I've always thought it was a marketing scheme, but I am sure that there's some chemistry to it also. I think the issue is reverse osmosis is like super expensive and energy dependent. And I think a lot of times like for bottled water, they're not actually going through that process. I think um, uh, Glaceo, Glaceo or whatever, whoever makes vitamin water, they actually do have the machinery for this, mm. but it's super expensive and it takes a ton of power. But on a nuclear submarine with a nuclear reactor, power is not an issue. You've got unlimited power, basically. So so they run this water through reverse osmosis, which gets rid of the sodium and like the sodium chloride, the salt. Right. And so then when they run the electric current through the water, it just becomes hydrogen and oxygen. And so they vent the hydrogen overboard out into the ocean and they're just left with oxygen. And so then they can pump the oxygen throughout the cabin and it's they're segmented they've got like you know different rooms on the submarine different decks different uh -huh. rooms and they can control how much air goes to which compartments or whatever and each compartment has a monitoring system that monitors what types of gases and how much are in there so they can keep an eye on like hydrogen and oxygen and co2 and uh carbon monoxide and all of these different gases and then they've got ways of kind of dealing with all of these different gases. Um, interestingly enough, because reverse osmosis is a very energy intensive process and electrolysis also is energy intensive because you have to run a current through the water, that technically means if your power goes out or you have like a power failure or like you blow a circuit, you could stop being able to make oxygen, mm -hmm. which means you die. So that's yeah. bad. Um, technically they can surface and bring on air, but say theoretically you aren't able to surface you're under ice or you're in an engagement or you're trying to be stealthy um they have a backup plan for this and it's really cool basically they have these things called candles and they're giant self-oxidizing cylinders it's just this big like two foot by eight inch tube of chemicals and it's got like an oxidizer built into it and so the way it works is they have this big metal tube that goes inside this like concrete furnace and it's got a little red phosphorus disc in the top of the chemicals. So they load these chemical tubes into this giant furnace, close the lid, and then they've got like a little spinner and they can spin it on the red phosphorus, which will cause it to light on fire. And typically like when you burn stuff, it's consuming oxygen, but because yeah. it's a self oxidizing fire and there's oxygen releasing chemicals in it it's actually net oxygen positive when it burns interesting and so then they've got this little vent on the furnace so when it starts burning it starts like you can feel the pressure in the air coming out and that air is just oxygen so it's a fire that creates oxygen fire that creates oxygen <laughs> and so they said they typically burn like two tubes every two hours and just kind of rotate which parts of the ship they're burning them in and that's enough to sustain the oxygen levels of the ship and so technically you're burning a consumable then but it gives you time from like oh crap the power's out the reactor's down you can start burning these and you've got enough on board to get you through i don't know however much time it takes to fix a nuclear reactor and get the power back up but i just thought that was crazy that that's the craziest yeah. thing i've heard all year yeah yeah is a fire that you burn to create oxygen mm -hmm. it's trippy yeah it's super trippy so the amount of science and engineering that's gone into these things is crazy I agree. However, everything that you've told me uh -huh. is not necessary at a regular 
above water home right because you just get oxygen by living on earth okay so so far i'm not convinced that this is a good off-grid house okay even though it would be really off the grid not really though because there's all sorts of government agencies that are always scanning waters even international waters well let's change it then from off-grid because i don't think that was the best wording let's make it an apocalypse like survival shelter okay um and you we're assuming that it's already loaded with nuclear right. power. Right, you just like roll up on a Navy base and let's say the apocalypse is zombies plus nuclear plus like volcanic eruption. So the that trifecta, sucks. this is a bad apocalypse. And you survived? It's currently happening, so you're trying not to get roasted. The only place to survive is underwater. Exactly. So you're safe from the volcano... Uh huh. Probably the zombies. I don't know what the mechanics are here, but we won't get into that. If they're not like water zombies, right? And they can somehow get through the steel of the submarine. Probably not. Probably not. So we were good there. And what was the other thing I said? Oh, nuclear. Uh, yeah, water is a super good insulator against nuclear fallout. So you're safe there, as long as you can get to a military base that has one of the most expensive valued. Do you know how many America has? I know um, that America only has like 65 subs total. So I think the the one that I'm talking about and that I know most about is the Los Angeles class submarine, which is a fast attack submarine. Um, they have 32 currently in operation, hmm. um, which is a decent amount. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm sure they have bigger because this is like a smaller attack submarine. I'm sure they have bigger like nuclear submarines so there there's probably a few and they're mostly deployed most of the time so they probably wouldn't be just sitting at a base but hypothetically the crew comes back to get in and out and they all leave and the apocalypse happens and i happen to be hanging out at the military base and so we get the submarine so you and i have this okay um i think it's a pretty like safety wise you can't get much safer than being miles under the ocean. Yes, I agree with that. I think you still have a really big problem with regular resources. Right. Like food. Yeah. Uh, there's a built-in water purifier. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I guess food is the main issue. Yeah. At that point. And getting a consistent source of power. Yeah. If, like, eventually you're going to need more nuclear reactor right. chemicals. Right. And those seem that seems really difficult to find. Right. Like you but, could maybe scavenge and get more diesel gas, but you can't get more. Right. Ideally, at that point, the apocalypse would have subsided a little bit, and you could move to a different type of shelter. This is just the like first fallout shelter. Um, You're hoping that like acid, the acid rain is over, and most of the right. zombies have died of starvation. I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find out how long, let's see, like how long you can be in a nuclear submarine. I I think you can be in a nuclear submarine longer than you can keep rations in a nuclear submarine. Yeah, I would kind of assume, um, I'm not seeing anything like how it works, but, but hypothetically... Yeah, so submarines can carry nuclear fuel for up to 30 years of operation. 
Wow. So you're good on fuel. You're good on power. You're good on water because of the osmosising things. I think if I lived in a submarine for 30 years, I'd be fine with whatever happened after that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't care at that point. Yeah. Um, like, I'm ready to get off the submarine, whatever that means. Right. Um, they also have... So there's the water recirculators. There's uh, the oxygen... I'm trying to, yeah, yeah. So the oxygen thing works by doing the reverse osmosis, and then you've got the oxygen candles. Um, you also have to scrub CO2 from the air because you can't just keep adding oxygen. You'd still die if there was right. too much CO2. And they have a really complicated, I'm trying to remember, I don't know if I'll be able to remember, but a really complicated way of kind of scrubbing CO2, but it also doesn't use any consumables. There's a, a chemical called meth something i don't know it's a long chemical name and basically it absorbs co2 and so they bring air in from a vent and they spray this chemical over it and it absorbs the co2 and then it's when it's absorbed co2 it becomes liquid so they can kind of spray it into a mist and it becomes liquid sits at the bottom of the container it's then pumped into this boiler and the boiler like heats this chemical and when it heats the chemical the like co2 off gases into gas before the chemical does they can then like vent that co2 out and then they condense the pure chemical again have it go up a different tube and be sprayed back out and so they're using like a chemical to remove the co2 but it's infinitely reusable as long Mm -hmm. as they've got power so it's another thing that you're set on there you're solid with co2 um food is definitely the big issue here you're right I think hypothetically, because these are big, they're huge boats, um, and hypothetically, it's just you and me and our families. We have saved everyone we can, and it's just us. Okay. Um, I think we could rearrange, because there's a huge, huge weapons room on the bottom deck where they keep the torpedoes that are like 40 feet long, uh-huh. and we could probably like... Fill over it with time 40 feet of pizza instead right yeah we fill it with a ton of food and then over time as we eat the food we move we like jettison parts of the because we're not going to need the torpedoes we're not going to need to like go blow a boat up for any reason so we jettison torpedoes we jettison pieces of equipment that are involved in the weapon system or like things that aren't important to us and then we can convert that into like mm, gardens or like hydro farms or whatever mm-hmm. and we've got like we can make water however we need it because we've got all this advanced technology we've got like the ocean around us so we can go and like put a net out behind us and catch fish and bring the fish in assuming the fish aren't like nuclear irradiated nuclear which, fish if they're deep enough they should be fine and then we can put those in our hydroponic farm so i think if we can have some a little bit of preparation and get the stuff needed to like grow algae and have renewable like food plants between that and all of our power and water and ability to net fish i think we could probably make it i think i think we could eat enough calories to survive i think we'd run an issue with like vitamin deficiency and like variety of uh-huh. intake especially like vitamin d deficiency where we'd be uh-huh. in the darkness all the time yeah, it would be difficult. I think we would, no matter what, we would have to make surface yeah. runs to get medicines, 
and vitamins and supplies for clothes or basic medical equipment Uh or whatever. But, I mean, hypothetically, say the world is irradiated for a year, which... One year, oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, it isn't that bad. I think we could probably make it for a year. Yeah, we could definitely make it for one year. Yeah. Um, it becomes more difficult, but to be fair, this is the case for anything. Like, any bunker that you could survive a nuclear attack in is going to have the same issues without the pros of all of this advanced technology and the ability to go anywhere and the ability to, like, move around the world and catch fish and, like, we go, like blast a whale and then contain the whale and like eat whale for a while like i think the flexibility of the submarine outweighs the staying in a bunker because you're gonna have the same problems anywhere yeah and i agree that for what like i if if there was a simultaneous volcano and nuclear explosion Mm -hmm. like we're gonna have to be there for more than a year but for a year yeah i could definitely yeah make this work right um this kind of reminds me of a series of unfortunate events book. Was there oh. a, was there a book where they were in a submarine? I don't know. I'd never read those. But we'll find out. I think like a lot of this too reminds me of like the hundred. It's I feel like I'm well prepared for this because I've seen the hundred. Was there one? Yeah, the Carmelita. It was an octopus shaped submarine <laughs> used by Count Olaf. <laughs> In the Grim Grotto, it's one, which is one of the books. Hmm. I don't know anything about those books. <laughs> oh yeah, that just like, I think it. I think it was the tenth one. Huh. I read them in like late elementary, early right. middle school, yeah. and that just like triggered a huh. weird memory. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, they survived in. It's a big submarine. Yeah. They survived in it for a while. Yeah. And I think it's it's really cool to me because a lot of what we know about submarines, I feel like, are going to apply to going to space. And a lot of what we're learning and finding out about going to space could also apply to making submarines better. Because if you think about it, they're very similar. Like, they have to be these fully self-contained environments that you can't leave from or you'll die. And they have to, like have these technological ways to sustain life in a metal tube. That's kind of both of them. And withstand a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, yeah, and one of, I mean, you could make <clears throat> a submarine for a day trip. Like, yeah. we could, We I think, I think we can get to the bottom of the ocean in like a couple hours. Probably not good for humans, but technologically we can send a robot down right. there in a couple of hours. We can't really do that for space travel yet. Right. Um, although William Shatner did get 66 miles above the earth in, in 10 minutes. That's true. Yeah. Um, but f- as far as like actual space exploration, it yeah. requires much longer, much more complex systems. Right. But if you were able to repurify air, although that's mainly banking on the water. water yeah. But if we figure it out, we we do have CO2 scrubbers in like the International Space Station, right? Like that's how they... Yeah, I'm not sure if they use the same like process because... But they get their air from somewhere. Yeah, power is a bigger issue in space mm-hmm. because nuclear is obviously way more power output than solar. 
Um, and so I know they are limited to like, they can't do power intensive processes, but they have to scrub CO2 somehow, you know, and they've got a water recycler. So it's a lot of the same kind of ideas at least. Um, so when is, when are we going to get a nuclear power system in space? Yeah. I mean, I think talk about spaceships exploding possible gosh i think at that point they'd move more to like an ion drive or something like that that's kind of a technological leap past that (sighs) but i'm not a rocket scientist (laughs) (laughs) yeah if there's one thing this show is not it is rocket science yeah although we do talk about rockets a lot it's kind of like if they taught rocket science in seventh grade yeah, this show? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's that should be the tagline. <laughs> Screw the Wild West thing. Yeah. If you taught rocket science in seventh grade. Hello and welcome to I Heard It on a Podcast. It's like if you taught rocket science in seventh grade. It's <laughs> good. Yeah. I'd listen. Well, that was Hmm. the intro. Here's the outro. Thank you for listening to I Heard on a Podcast. We've got new episodes on Mondays and Wednesdays, and you can find them wherever you find podcasts. If you like uh submarines or alarm clocks <laughs> or, or uh, then send this episode to someone else who likes either of those things but don't let them know what our plans are for the apocalypse right that's just for you. that's just for us just yeah. for us us real listeners you and me and riley listener mm-hmm. as always you can reach us at i heard it on a podcast at gmail.com um it's going to be even more difficult for you to wake up on the submarine because there's not even a sun to help wake you yeah. up. I think we could rig some sort of like nuclear leak alarm that would probably <laughs> freak me out. <laughs> burp, burp, burp. There's a nuclear leak. Yeah. Get up, Isaiah. Yeah. And then I get up and. And then I'm just like, ah, oh, just kidding. It's just time to start the day. Right. Go or scrub the toilet. I wake up pretty easy when people wake me up. So maybe one of the people in the submarine could just wake me up. Mm-hmm. I feel like time becomes irrelevant and we would just live in shifts. I feel like we probably wouldn't have as much to do. So you could probably just sleep until you're not sleepy anymore and then get True. up. Because most of what we do probably is maintaining equipment. Right. If we have one of those huge submarines, though, that are made for like a crew of 70 people, though, yeah. and we have just your family and my family. Yeah. Even if it was like all of our extended family, that's not 70 people. No. So we'd probably have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the maintenance is cleaning and weapon systems maintenance mm-hmm. or like sonar or like radar or worry things. Stuff things we don't care about. To like blow things up. And we just need to like survive and not die. So I think maintaining just the survive and not die systems would be a little bit easier. And we just launch all the torpedoes and forget about them. Right. Just chuck them wherever. (laughs) Chuck them at a whale. (laughs) (laughs) Torpedo that whale. Um, We're having whale the night, boys. The other issue is I don't know if a lot of people in my family could maintain a nuclear submarine. What could anyone? I feel like you and I, because they've got manuals on board. I feel like you and I could figure a lot of stuff out by reading manuals. Sure. But and if, if we needed to, if it was that or die yeah. in a watery grave, yeah. 
Hundred percent. I would try my best. The question is, do you think you and I could launch a nuclear submarine in time to get out of the apocalypse? <laughs> right. That would be really stressful. <laughs> That'd be so. Stressful. You're like looking at this board that has like seven thousand switches, and uh-huh. you're like, huh, uh, that one. <laughs> then we like submerge. We accidentally dive and we leave the hatch open, or we like don't <laughs> yeah. seal something, or we don't pressurize right and we explode. <laughs> it would. It would make a really interesting show because yeah. it sounds really fascinating but uh-huh. also incredibly stressful yeah because there's all of these like balances you have to balance yeah. and put air, put water in here to go down yeah. and like let air in here and re- to go up and like what level do you need to be at to not get radiated but also to like not get the bends yeah if, can you get the bends in a submarine well, i think you have to control like the internal pressure to match the depth and with how much I didn't know about submarines before I started watching all these videos, we would die. Yeah, 100%. We would not sure. survive. <laughs> I think I would just say, let's let's keep it at like 20 feet. Let's just barely be below the water. Right. That should be fine. Yeah. I mean, I went in a submarine down to 100 feet, and that was still like civilian level safe. So You went in a submarine? Mm-hmm. When? We went to Hawaii, and I went on a submarine ride. I went That's to the bottom cool. of like the high ocean. So like right off of, because we took a boat like a mile offshore and then you get in a submarine like through the hatch and you go down to like a hundred, I think 120 feet was like the bottom and it gets super dark, like, because you can kind of see light, but the colors are weird because mm-hmm. it's all refracted. So colors like change when you're just seeing sunlight underwater that deep and we saw some fish and stuff. It was That's fun. Cool. Would recommend. But they were still like changing the pressure at a hundred feet. Like if you think about being in a swimming pool yeah, yeah. and going ten feet yeah. down, you feel that pressure. Right. So if we couldn't get the pressure stuff right, I wouldn't want to go more than like twenty feet down. Right. Which I don't because technically mm, I don't know how that works. I don't know if you have to like increase the pressure inside or if you have to decrease the pressure inside when you go down. Well you can't increase the pressure to be equal to outside or you would right. feel You're, the pressure of outside. Yeah. The the so you the, probably have to let pressure The vessel out. has to bear the yeah. pressure. Okay. We need to figure this out before this happens so we know which way we need to pressurize. <laughs> as long as it's not a Russian submarine, we can read the manuals. That's the important part. Mm, yeah, we need to not be in Russia when the nuclear apocalypse <laughs> happens for multiple reasons. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Riley from the future here, not in the studio. Apparently, we forgot to record an outro for this episode. We were just so wrapped up talking about our lives in the submarine and how much we want that. But uh, this is the end of the episode. You know what to do. Share it or like it or whatever. (laughs) I've been watching a lot of YouTube. So uh, just like and subscribe. You know what to do.